Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. They'll be calling this the save. The words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. seen anything like that. Welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Jim, Dave, and Sean. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about this, Cowboys? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, our first show of 2019. It is Wednesday, January 2nd. Uh, we have tons to talk about this week, including change is in the air. We've learned a lot, and we are on the verge of the postseason. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. There you will find pillows and stools featuring your favorite sports teams. Also, you'll see sets with your kids' favorite cartoon characters and much, much more. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com. That is our home network. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Start the year off right with Alicia's Pillows and Things. Also, make sure you are following us. On our uh, social media, of course, if you're here uh, with the live video, you can uh, make sure you give the page a like. We'd appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave, and I am at Big Jim Sports. And make sure you're following along with our home network, NGSCSports.com, as well. That is, uh, I think, pretty much fills out all of the uh, all the business stuff here. Let's get. Dave with us on the line. Dave, Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year, Jim. Uh, hopefully 2019 started out better for you than uh, 2018 ended, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, yeah, it couldn't have gotten much worse, at least how it ended, uh, at least from a uh, football standpoint, of course. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about that and and much, much more. But uh, yeah, it's it's a new year. Uh, same uh, Same show. We did undecorate. This, whoa, whoa, whoa! Before we before we move to the new year, can we have one more uh, celebratory uh, hoorah for the uh, Stanley Cup champions? Well, of course, that's why I I have the flag here in the background, and and I was gonna kind of go over uh, some of this some of the stuff because I did put a post out there over on our uh, here on our Facebook page, and it was kind of a, a 
you know, what was your top sports moment of the year? And, and is there any, like, what, what would be your biggest kind of hope or resolution, if you will, um, for 2019? And, and we did get a couple of answers. Obviously, I think it's pretty easy uh, for me. And, and, and I would say for, I don't like to speak for you, Dave, but I think for you it would probably be the same as it is for me. Obviously, our Washington Capitals in in 2018 uh, won their first Stanley Cup. Like there, there's still points. Like this this month will be seven months to the day. Um, I, I I think I'm still kind of somewhat in shock about it. Like it's still crazy over half a year uh, later. But uh, on uh, last night, and and I I, I shared the uh, the Snapchat with you. Um, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just my excitement for getting back to a normal work schedule or, uh, you know, the fact that the holiday season's over and I don't think I have a scheduled day off until at least the middle of February. I don't, I don't know if it was just the excitement of that, but I, I couldn't sleep. So I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. And, uh, and I put on the, the broadcast still on my DVR, uh, of, uh, of game five. So that, uh, you know, it, if I, if I need, if I need to escape the real world, sometimes that that's usually my best option. Uh, but Dave, would that be your uh, top moment of the year from, from 2018? Yeah, Jim. I mean, I think it has to be, I mean, you know, it's gotta be the best celebratory moment. And I mean, I don't know what other top moments can be other than uh, championship moments for those sports fans. But, uh, um, I mean, it, it was kind of cool to see the, the similar type of thing that we experienced with the Capitals uh, for those fans that are the, the true diehard hard fans of the Eagles. It was kind of cool. The, the lifelong friends that have been Eagles fans for 30-plus years finally get theirs as well. Um, so it, it was kind of neat to see that. Uh, however, you and I kind of feel the same about them winning. Uh, I'll buy it. You uh, – with a lot more hatred than me, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, lifting the, the cup is pretty much the, the ultimate moment. And, uh, I don't know what else you could do in, in 2019 to top that, uh, aside from maybe, uh, Notre Dame winning the college football national title game here in a couple of days. Yeah, obviously that is not going to happen, but, um, hope, hope got my, my hope for 2019 got crushed before it even, before the year even started. So, um, but uh, a couple of the uh, comments, the uh, Jason R said his top, top sports moment would probably be the caps um, for us, the excitement of us. And uh, he said for uh, it was also fun to watch. And of course, with the caps beating the penguins it was also fantastic. Jason K uh, said that his Eagles winning the Super Bowl, obviously. And and uh, I, I don't I don't think it's too hard to uh, speak for Sean, not with us in studio, uh, but uh, he, I'm sure he would say the Eagles uh, winning the Super Bowl. Andrew says the Minnesota miracle with the Caps being a close second uh, and also the resurgence of the Braves. He said his hope for 2019, uh, he'd love to see the SEC suck in a team named Bama, uh, not in the playoffs. That would be my hope as well, but uh, don't really see that happening. Um, my hope for 2019, at least in the in the short term, is is just – that the Cowboys go further than the Eagles. I don't have any sort of false hope um, or, or disillusioned about what these Cowboys um, are going to do in the postseason. But, um, you know, I I just want them to go further 
than the Eagles. That, that, that's all I'm hoping for at this point. And uh, for those following along in the live video, of course, uh, a little bit of closing out 2018, looking forward through 2019. Um, what was your top sports moment of the year? That's kind of maybe the question of the night. And maybe that'll be like a theme for the year, Dave. Something we can try to do is incorporate kind of a question of the week. Uh, so for this week, what's your top sports moment of 2018 and the thing you're looking forward to or hoping for uh, in 2019? Um, so Dave, let's, let's jump into the college football playoff. Of course, the semifinal games were this past Saturday. Um, and really there, there once, once the, uh, once the whistle blew and the game started, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, question. I I don't think about who was going to win these games, at least once you got to maybe about halftime or partway into the second quarter, um, uh, of either game, it, it was, it was pretty obvious. Obviously, Oklahoma making their game a little bit closer than the Irish made theirs. Um, so, I, I, some of the questions that I that I've seen because I, I don't I don't want to spend a whole lot of time recapping the game. Surprise, surprise. Um, because you know we can kind of tie that in. But I was listening to Golick and Wingo this morning, and one of the questions they 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 had and they put out there was. Does what happened on Saturday um, change what the top four should have been? Like looking back in hindsight, do you think? And now this, you know, this is encapsulating everything we've seen through bowl season with one game to play. Um, Dave, would you would you have changed anything with the top four in hindsight, looking back? Yeah, I would have made it a top eight. Okay, well, besides that, if it's under the parameters of what we're at this year, it's still a top four. Do, do you, looking back, do you change what the committee did in putting the, the, the four teams together? So, Jim, it's really hard for me to answer that because of the sheer fact that, I mean, you look at Georgia last night, I think Georgia's one of the top four teams in the country. We've been over this. Um, but how do you put Georgia – how do you view Georgia's game from the sheer fact that Georgia didn't care about that game at all? Um, after you got left out of a national title game, you lost the SEC title game. How do you really care about a bowl versus Texas? Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I the other the, the thing I would change is I think we I, I think we need to get away from this. You know, the Big Ten always goes to the Rose Bowl. The, these other two big New Year's Day games, the Rose Bowl and then whatever the hell bowl was last night. Let's, Sugar Bowl. Let's make them the Sugar Bowl. Let's make them the five versus six and seven versus eight, or five versus eight, six versus seven in the final rankings, or something like that. Like, let's see a freaking uh, who would have liked to seen um, Georgia and Ohio State battle over Georgia and Texas. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, I, I I see what you're saying, and and, and I think it's an it's an interesting idea, um, but I I don't totally buy into Georgia not caring about that game and the the reason I say that or or at least if they if they didn't care about that game then they probably should have rethought some of their decisions on Saturday because and and you know I guess kids will be kids and 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 they are college students but you know on Saturday when Notre Dame was was being put through the ringer by Clemson um and really it was the second quarter more than anything but the the comments from there was some Georgia players tweeting and um 
you know, kind of voicing their displeasure with Notre Dame being in there. Um, and, and then you go out and, and get your third loss of the season. And I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily even saying that when it all matters, um, George is not one of the top four teams or top five teams because, you know, they, they led Alabama for what, three quarters, two and a half quarters. Um, but again, they, they also lost to LSU and I, I think it's a different LSU team than, than was playing it by the end of the year. But the bottom line is, and, and, and for me, you know, my short answer to the question is, is I don't, I don't change the top four. And as the, 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 the rest of the, the, the bowl season played itself out, um, Ohio State um, kind of almost blew it there to Washington. If there's five more minutes left in that game, I, I think it could be a lot more interesting of a, of a result. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, we, we saw what happened, um, you know, through, throughout the rest of the top 10. So I, I, I still think that the top four were correct. And I said two weeks ago when, when, when we were here, when we were on the air, that we were going to find out a lot about both Notre Dame and Clemson. And I think what we found out is there was two teams that were just kind of on an island this year in Alabama and Clemson, and then there was everybody else. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly admit that I was wrong. I, I, you know, I, and I, and I do think if Julian Love doesn't get hurt, the result of the Notre Dame game score wise is probably different because Notre Dame was hanging in that game. Would Notre Dame have won? Probably not. Because another thing I said two weeks ago was they could, they had to be perfect and they were far from it on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I don't think Notre Dame wins that game even if Julian Love stays healthy. So I, I, I'll say that. Like, Clemson was going to win. Alabama won. That we were going to get to this national championship regardless. Um, but no, I, I think the, 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 top four, the top four was correct, in my opinion. Um, but, come, like, also coming out of it, too. Jim, Jim, the other thing I would add to it, though, is I, I really still say that the fault of the committee – is the weekend before championship weekend, they needed to put Ohio State ahead of Oklahoma because it would have given them an option at least. Where here they were forced into put Oklahoma in the four seed because they beat Texas. Um, I still say that that was their faulty decision. So you, you in hindsight, you think I'm not, Ohio- I'm not saying I'm not saying Ohio State should have been in, but based on what they did, they didn't have a decision to make that last weekend because they had already made the decision the week before. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah, the, no, I get it, that. Like, um, it, like there was, there has been no drama in this whole playoff thing, which kind of disappoints me. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you're. Yeah, there, there wasn't really. Obviously, you know, for for I think what was it, four or five straight weeks, um, the no, three week. I think the first three or four weeks, um, the, the top four were the top four, and then Michigan lost and. Uh, Oklahoma kind of moved into that spot. No, Georgia moved into that spot, lost to Alabama, Clem, you know, and everybody else just shifted up. So yeah, there wasn't this, this wasn't a drama filled year. Um, I, I, I would have been curious to see, not that they would have made the playoff, but I, I would have been curious to see where exactly UCF would have 
would have uh, been had Mackenzie Milton not gotten hurt. But again, they, they weren't going to be a playoff team. Um, midnight struck for Cinderella there. Again, I, I think, unfortunately for them, uh, a lot of that had to do with the injury to Mackenzie Milton. Um, so because of that, and, and because of the fact there was no drama, the two best teams are in the finals. Um, the uh, Another question that, that kind of came out of it, and I, I want to say uh, it was also the, the tied to, to the point on Golik and Window, is, is has the, or did this year, the expand the playoff crowd, did, did that... Did that argument take a hit this year, Dave? Because, you know, what? Three, four, five, seven, eight, and ten all lost. So, you know, there was there wasn't even there wasn't even a lot of of upsets. I mean, there was a lot of upsets, but the the teams that were losing were the ones that would have been in the top eight. And, and for me, I, I don't so let know. Me, let me shut you down right there and say, absolutely not. Because you have a whole lot of teams that care a hell of a lot more if it's a playoff game versus right. that. And you have a whole lot of guys that don't sit out that, that potentially alter it. So no, it didn't take a hit. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, I, I agree there that, that, that is what I, what my mind had gone to as well is, you know, I don't think anybody sat out of from Notre Dame or Clemson or Oklahoma or Alabama, the yeah the teams that have guys sitting out are, are like you said the ones that um, you know aren't aren't playing for a championship. So yeah, if if you know, I mean the only the only guy that you know bailed on his team so to speak is uh, you know Bosa left uh, Ohio State in midseason. I know he had the injury, but like he just didn't stay stay around. I mean there were still guys that. And I and I do give I, I get why guys sit out, but I do give respect for like the Chase Winovich and uh, McSorley. Like I mean, the guy said they said he had a broken bone in his foot, and he's still out there playing in the Citrus Bowl. Like obviously, I'm not a Penn State guy, but like you know, tons of respect for that dude um, playing in that game yesterday, even you know after suffering an injury. So. Um, you know, I, th- those those sort of situations, I will go out of my way to commend the player for for not sitting out because you're in it. You're in a time where more and more people are. So, uh, kudos to those guys. Yeah, I, I, the, the we're still going. At some point, the playoffs going to expand. I think that's that's the bottom line. There, at some point, it's going to expand. Be it six, be it eight, hell, be it more. I I don't. I don't know. I still think eight's the the correct number, but I, I don't I don't know where exactly it'll land. I hope it I hope it's no more than eight. Like I think you could even get away with six, but I think eight's the perfect number as we've discussed um, time and time here. Yeah, I mean, Jim, I agree with that. I think eight's a good number. I mean, as a football fan, I wouldn't complain with with sixteen because that's eight more games I get to see. But uh, eight smells right at the moment. But uh, Perfect example of why you play and don't sit out is the quarterback for Duke, which I can't think of his name right now, but he had like 400 freaking 450 yards and looked really good like the whole game. So I mean, it's something like that that you get a chance that his draft stock's going up, and um, you, you, I get why guys sit out too. Like no no shying away from that, but at the same time, uh, you have a chance to really boost your draft stock. Yeah, 
Yeah, hundred and ten percent. And and um, you know, and 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 I I'd be curious. I'm sure it would have to be some sort of off the record thing, but I, I'd be curious to know and to hear like NFL scouts, um, kind of their thoughts on guys that sit out versus guys that you know stay in the game. Like, I mean, Winovich put is put off surgery to to play. Um, you know, for Michigan, and, and of course, like I said, McSorley with a broken bone, and I'm sure there's others um, that I, that I just didn't hear about. Um, kind of the only other thing to kind of wrap up what was semifinal weekend. Um, and, and, and I, I want to say it was either Cowherd or, or Clay Travis. So you always got to take that kind of those guys with a grain of salt. Um, but one of them said that, uh, in future seasons, um, future committees should take into account what happened with Notre Dame versus Clemson. If they want to consider putting Notre Dame in a playoff. Um, like, here's the deal. And this isn't, this, this isn't even because it's, it's, this was a Notre Dame result. I, the committee every year, every week, as, as they've told us time and time again, it's a week to week ranking, you know, it's, it's, it's what the product looks like and it changes every week. Um, from year to year, the teams are completely different. So if any committee is using a past result, and it could be a, you know, I mean, Michigan State and Washington got waxed in their only college football playoff appearance. So again, this isn't just a, um, it, this isn't just a Notre Dame's thing. But if committees are taking the results, in my opinion, of, of what has happened in a prior semifinal matchup, um, then that committee's failed their own purpose. Like, I, I don't think a prior season should, I don't think a prior season should help or hurt a, a, a team for that particular year, in my opinion. What, what's your, your thought on that one there, Dave? So I, I agree to some extent, but I disagree to some extent. Um, so the part I agree with is you can't label Notre Dame and say, oh, they're soft, you can't put them in the playoffs, period. You can't do that. I agree with you on that piece. However, what I think you can do is you can look at this Notre Dame team, um, mathematically and statistically speaking, and say, okay, if, if a team you know plays this strength of schedule, these are their offensive stats, these are their defensive stats, we now have a, a trend, per se, that you can kind of go against and say, um, oh, well, maybe this might not be the best team to put in. I'll buy it if everything else is equal and you have another team close. Um, but again, I think it's a weak argument. Uh, do, do you know what I'm getting at, but I'm not saying it very well. Yeah, um, so, I mean, put it, I, I guess, let me let me put it this way. Like, if, let's let's say that Georgia, um, you know, goes through the year, they, they don't have the loss to LSU, um, and let's say Oklahoma doesn't have the loss to Texas. So you, so you're sitting there, you know, your your one and two is Alabama and Clemson. I'm going to use this year as kind of the the example piece. So you had Alabama and Clemson that that that's a lock in. You have Notre Dame at 12 and 0. You have Oklahoma who is uh 13 and 0 with the Big 12 championship and then you have a Georgia team with uh 12 and 1, the only loss coming to Alabama in the SEC title game. If I have this correctly, you're saying you're looking at strength of schedule, the 
you know, the results of games, the the stat numbers, you're, you're taking all of these things into consideration because at that point, I, you know, some could make the argument. I would disagree with it, obviously, but that the Georgia could have an in over Notre Dame or an Oklahoma could have had an in over Notre Dame because of X, Y, and Z. Is that, is that kind of what you're, you're saying there? So, so the question you're asking, if I interpret this correctly, is if Georgia didn't lose to LSU and Notre or uh, Oklahoma was undefeated, um, so they didn't have that earlier loss to Texas, who would be the four in the finals? I guess who would have been in the playoff? I guess I would say who would who would have been your three and four in that? Sure. Oklahoma's three, Georgia's four, hundred percent every day of the week. Okay, I, I mean, George, I, Georgia's only losses to Alabama on a neutral field. Versus Notre Dame not having a loss to a Michigan team. And I'm not saying that it's correct or not. I'm telling you what the committee would have done here. Because Georgia's only loss would have been to Alabama on a neutral field. And this is assuming it's a relatively close game. Where they're going to have recent bias and they're going to dock Notre Dame based on how Michigan got beat by Ohio State. Whether it's right or not, that's what's going to happen. Because it makes Notre Dame's best, best win look weaker. Whether it's right or not, that's what's going to happen. Right, right, and, and but uh, the, yeah, that, I'm just saying that that was the point that you were making, right? Is that you're is is if you have a comparable team, even even with even with a loss, that, that that you could you could you could make that shift. I I think that's correct if it's if it's a similar team, and, and my issue with Notre Dame this year. And we've talked about this, but my issue is kind of a similar argument to UCF per se, um, but it's not to the same level. But Notre Dame's first best win was Michigan um, week one when it's, I don't want to say it's a trial run, but that's, you know, three months ago for lack of better terms. Right. And what have they, I don't want to say what have they done because they've won every game in front of them. That's all they can do. But how good is this Notre Dame truly team truly? And you really, the, the issue is you really can't get a grasp of it because you don't know per se, you know what I mean? And right. their stats no. are going to be high, higher and better because they're playing lesser opponents per se than, and, and granted their lesser opponents are better than Alabama and Clemson's weak opponents, but the stronger opponents are better well, on those two teams. Well, and, I, mean, we talk, I mean, we did talk, we talked about it two weeks ago. I mean, if you looked over Clemson's schedule, their best win was Texas A&M, but that was the second week of the year, you know, and, and, you know, so it's, you know, I, I, I still think that top to bottom, I think Notre Dame's schedule would have been better than Oklahoma's, but I, I think the, 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 the point, because I, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep beating the, the, the Notre Dame uh, drum because, you know, they, they lost. But is that, um, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you, I just don't know that using prior seasons is, is necessarily the, necessarily the best way that, that a committee can go about um, putting a top four together for, that that particular year I I, I just because the, the teams are going to be dramatically different I mean the uh, Notre Dame team that takes the field next year is going to be a lot different than the team that took the field on this past Saturday because of the no, pe- I, I completely agree with you on that piece my point and I'm I have word diary at the moment that I can't get it out but 
Um, my point is if you have a statistical similar team to this Notre Dame team in future years, so they're, you know, pretty, they're, they're more defense heavy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, strength of schedule ranks 40 and I'm just making number numbers up. Strength of schedule makes 40. Their offense is 80th. Their defense is 10. Um, their, their RPI is 32, but they're undefeated. And you have another one loss team that might weren't getting in. Well, then you can, then you have the potential to say, Hey, look at this. This is this very similar team to Notre Dame in 2018. Look what happened to them. Again, it has to be a lot of scenarios lining okay, up. Okay, all right. Think I, say, oh, I, I get where I get what you're saying now. I get what you're saying now. That that you can you can you know maybe at least bring metrics from a prior season into the discussion to say you know is this is team A really stronger than you know, 12 and one or 11 and one team B. I, I, I got you. I got you. I see. I think that's the, that's the part where it got confused in my two and a half hours of sleep last night brain. But uh, Dave, we, we do have a caller on the line here. Let's get to that before we get to uh, predicting the national championship. So let us know where you're calling from, who's on the line and uh, what's on your mind. Hi, this is uncle Mitch. I'm calling from uh, New Jersey. Holy crap. It is Uncle Mitch. Well, welcome back to the show, Uncle Mitch. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's to you fellas. Uh, happy Festivus. Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you may be celebrating. I uh, wanted to talk a little football if uh, you two schmucks are up for it. I, I think I think we can handle a little football discussion. Dave, do you think we can do that? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Mitch, what's on your mind, buddy? Jim, it, w- it would be a real shame if after uh, Notre Dame had their season end in Jerry World, if your Cowboys had their season end in the same spot <laughs> a week later. I'm I'm praying. I'm just praying it doesn't happen. I, I you know I just that would be a real shame if that were to happen, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be great. It'd be kind of. Worst case scenario for old Big Jim is if uh, if hopes and dreams died in the same spot because like they say lightning doesn't strike the same spot twice but like I mean I, I you know I guess if you have two old yellers you could take back and out, out behind the same shed and shoot them so I, I, I the, the the unfortunate thing is that there is a possibility but I, I think the difference for me going into this weekend and Dave and I will talk about it when we when we predict the games. <laughs> is I un- I unfortunately had had for myself unfortunately had had a lot of hope and it's like that's the worst thing you can have as a sports fan um I right. I, I don't I don't really have n- any hope necessarily as it relates to the Cowboys like I hope they go further than the Eagles but like I don't I don't have this uh this picture of like Jerry passing off the uh Lombardi trophy to Dak Prescott on February 3rd so um, I, I think my expectations are at least a little. My money. How many times would Jason Garrett be clapping while the trophy was passed to Dak Prescott from Jerry Jones? <laughs> Do you think he would be clapping while that happened? Uh, I think I'm not. I'm not the biggest betting man, but I think the safe money is on that he would be clapping. <laughs> I think he would be so stunned that they won that he wouldn't know what to do and he would forget how to clap. <laughs> it'd be. It'd be. Um... Like Talladega Nights, he'd forget to, what he would do with his hands at that point. He would just 
kind of stand there with his hands in the air, not knowing what to do with them. <laughs> That's a great movie. I, I watched that over the break. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys uh, real quick um, too before we get to the NFL. Who do you have in the uh, in the call in the final game? I think I'm actually going to pick Clemson. I think this is the only team that can beat. Uh, Alabama. I mean, basically, these are two teams without major flaws. And I just think, uh, you know, Tua still makes too many risky throws, and he absolutely punishes defenses that aren't elite, basically. they, You know, the numbers show these defenses mm-hmm. that aren't top 15 have basically no chance to stop them. But Clemson has the NFL talent to stop them. I'm kind of leading Clemson in this one. Yeah, I I think the the big key to this is is what happens with 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 Dexter Lawrence and and if he gets cleared to play in this game. Now, if he doesn't, that that to me isn't a guarantee that Clemson loses the game. But I I think right. if he's held out again, that that's obviously a big advantage for Alabama. Um, but yeah, I mean Clemson Clemson did a did a hell of a job at um. You know, giving giving Notre Dame and Ian Book like no time whatsoever. Like, right. and and statistically speaking, Ian Book w- throughout the season was one of the be- most accurate passers, and and I mean he looked as as new as can be. And, and you have a quarterback on um on on Clemson's side that seems to not get shaken by anything in any any moment as a as a nineteen year old kid. So, um, yeah. I- I think it's the hair. It's glorious. Uh, it, that is a that is a fantastic mane. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, for me, I I, I I do think Clemson has a great shot. Um, I, I I kind of hope they win. I mean, it, it's 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 weird because I, I'm usually not the root for the the team that eliminates you kind of guy, but I, I'm just. As ty- as somewhat tired as I am of Clemson, I'm that much more tired of Alabama. So I'm I'm pulling for Clemson, um, and, and sure I'll pre- I'll predict them as well. Dave, what is uh, what is your thought here on the national title game? So I uh, I, I definitely like Clemson as well. Um, however, it scares me a little bit more that both you guys like Clemson because it's generally the wrong side if if we're all in agreement. Yeah, yeah, this is scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, hammer, hammer but, uh, side, exactly. No, go ahead, go ahead, Uncle Mitch. You're 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 my elder, so I respect you. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think I kind of made my point. That it might be a little bit of wishful thinking on my part. It's really, uh, you know, to pick against Alabama. Uh, you know, you don't get rich doing that as a better. And uh, I think I, I really want Clemson to win, um, just because. I'm sick of Clemson, but like, yeah, like Jim, I'm more sick of Alabama, and right. I'm really sick of the whole SEC thing, where that that used to be a thing where the conference had multiple title contenders, whereas lately it's just been Alabama and Georgia getting close, and I'm tired of, of the whole you know SEC dominance thing, which it's, it's really one team, and I, I wanted, and it's like I don't go around bragging about the ACC dominance; it's one team that's really good. That's kind of what I think, right? Yeah, it's. It, yeah, so I agree with you that I think uh, I think that this Alabama team is beatable. Um, I think the scary thing is that this Alabama team is really young, and I, I think as dominant right. as they've been this year, uh, next year is really 
freaking scary how good they're going to be and how young they're going to be. Yeah. I mean, if you see a national they're title on them, anything on better than say Alabama will be good next year. <laughs> I think they're going to be better than this year. What courage. <laughs> Let me get Clemson probably going to be good next year too. Just uh, crystal balling it, guys. Uh, you, you think with the, with the freshman quarterback, the, the NFL type freshman quarterback coming back? Yeah, I think they'll be good. Too. They might be all right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be beyond really good though. Like this Alabama team next year has potential for the record books good. Um, and, and I mean, I know that I know that that's the bold prediction of the century, but. Um, this <laughs> Alabama team next year has potential to be like off the charts phenomenally good. Right. I mean, um, the, the, the argument all year this year was was people were saying that this Alabama team was the best one, and I don't think they were. I don't think it was even close. I mean, the 2012 Alabama team I think was leaps and bounds better than this year's. But I think you're right, Dave. That that, and I hate to admit it, but I think you know next year's has has a lot of potential to. A challenge for the at least the best Alabama team of all time. The two the two thousand one Miami Hurricanes were better than this Alabama team. I'll say that unquestionably. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Not the one. Not the one that so, left but, Ohio State just in case that the year's wrong. The one that beat Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that. I think that was 01. It's hard for me to remember. Thing, things get blurry. What about this two thousand eighteen Notre Dame team? I thought they were pretty good. Oh God damn you. It's called, it's called getting senile, Jim. You're getting older. You're forgetting things. It's all right. It, it happens. It happens. <laughs> they have medicine now. So. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to look into that. It's a new year, Every everything with the the insurance reset. So I'll have to wait till I, I crack my deductible. But uh, we'll, we'll look into it. We'll make sure I get taken care of. Hey, Mitch. Um, happy New Year, bud. We're going to. Oh, 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 hold on. I wasn't on. done with Mitch yet. No, Dave's not done with you. I was trying to let you go. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uncle Mitch, you're always welcome on my ears. So before we let you before we let you go, I have to ask you one question. That's can you tell me who the Stanley Cup champ is? I love to go the whole time, but I have to I have to hear it out of your your mouth one time, and I'll let you go. Oh man, uh, they're the the professional team from the District of uh, Columbia. Wow, Jesus! It took me a second to remember what these. My history. That's fine. I'll take it. Proud. Yeah. It, but uh, yeah, I, t- I told Jim on Twitter the other day. I said, you know, and I, I'm not. I don't pretend to be a hockey expert, but I said we're getting Penn's caps again in the second round. That team's going to win the Stanley Cup, and I'm like, I'm going to believe that until it's just not. It doesn't happen. But that's how it's felt. And like, I kind of thought that uh, last year because I was like, damn, maybe the Caps have been, you know, the team the whole time. They're just unlucky uh, getting the pens in the second round. And if if you want me to compliment your stupid hockey team one time, I'll say the big difference between the teams now is Kuznetsov and Malkin are going two different directions. I think that's why the rivalry has turned. Um, But that's just my my two cents. You know, I I do pretend to be a hockey expert, and I will absolutely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and, and that was the big thing, you know, go and, and I said it, you know, back throughout the, the playoffs last year was a lot of those years that, that the Capitals failed, um, regardless of how great they were in the regular season, you, you look at 
the not Ovechkin guys on that team, the Backstroms, the Kuznetsovs, right. the you know going back to the Browers and the Fedorovs and the Mike Knubels and you know all of those all of those types that you brought these guys in to to, to fill a role and supplement Alex Ovechkin. You don't have to be better than Ovechkin. You just have to kind of take some of the pressure off of him. And those guys disappeared in in, in the in the right. postseason. And last year they they sh- they shine. And I mean, points wise, Kuznetsov shined brighter than uh, than Ovechkin. So yeah, like it, it finally was that total team effort that the Caps hadn't gotten before. And and it right. made absolutely no sense on how this team won the cup. Yep, and and you know, and that that's still the thing that boggles my mind is is I would I would not have ever guessed that last year would have been the team, but I guess they just got tired of losing. So. Um, <laughs> And and hopefully they hopefully they uh, they are still tired of it, um, going uh, going through the next couple months here uh, through 2019. But uh, yeah, Mitch, we're gonna keep this thing rolling. I loved having you on. I love that you remembered what uh, DC stood for. Remember, you are getting older as well. They do make medicine for that. And uh, I'm 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 sure this will not be the last time that we talk to you in 2019. Yeah, guys. Yeah. I'm- I'm actually uh, gonna run. I just got to the store, but hey, I think one thing we can all agree on: let's have a good 2019 and let's go Pens. Oh man, we almost had you there for a minute. All right, talk to you later, buddy. And uh, yeah, he, he hung up before, or he yeah he hung up before I could hang up on him. But um, so yeah, I I I I like Clemson in this one. I, I to, to be 100 um, percent, you know, transparent. I'm probably not watching it. I've pretty much uh, sailed on uh, on college football for the year. I, I you know I'll, I'll see the result. I may check in from time to time. I'm not going to be watching the whole game, Dave. Um, but uh, Alabama is a six point favorite. Um, the over under at fifty nine and a half. Of course, this one Monday uh, at eight o'clock on ESPN from Levi Stadium. Um, any uh, for the DGens out there? Do you have any advice uh, on this game? Um. I really think that this game is lined pretty accurately. Um, my the, the couple power numbers from professional betters that I saw showed uh, Alabama as like a four or four and a half point favorite. So there's a little bit of value on Clemson. Um, my favorite play in the big games like this is I like to play the first quarter under. Um, it normally just takes teams a little bit to get going here. And um, generally that's a Super Bowl play as well. Um, I, I have absolutely no feel in this total. Um, the total sitting in the upper 50s, creeping towards 60. Um, it seems a little bit high to my gut instinct, um, the gut feel. Um, normally when that happens, though, it's the right play to play the over. Um, however, I haven't really made my mind up on that. Um, at six, you can't. I, I don't think you can play Alabama. Um, but uh, probably what I'll be looking to do is I like a couple of the football games this weekend. I'll probably be looking to... Um, get some money on uh, on an NFL team and tease it in with Clemson plus eleven and uh, hope for the best. Uh, again, if you get ten and a half on Clemson and a tease, you're probably okay. But uh, who knows? Um, but if I had to be, if I had to right now make a play, I'd probably be playing. Um, I'd be playing the first quarter under, and I'd probably take Clemson with the points and uh, just for entertainment purposes, of course. Oh, of of course, of course. All right, let's shift to the NFL, Dave. Uh, one rapid fire question. Coach of the year, Matt Nagy or Frank Reich? Got to go with Nagy, I believe. Uh, uh, just the the transformation, obviously, 
Um, a lot of it was done, well, not a lot, but uh, the real cementing of that defense was done through the the uh, addition of uh, Khalil Mack there. Um, but the the fact that how dominating the Bears have been, I think you got to give him a lot of credit on that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from Frank Reich and what he did in his first year in Indianapolis. Um, but I also think it can, you know, and everybody can talk about, you know, the Colts winning what nine of their last 10 or something like that. And they started one in five and they made the playoffs, but the bears on the last day of the regular season had not only had everything locked up, uh, division wise, but they finished 12 and four and, you know, they did their part. Um, obviously the, the, I think it was what the, was it the Cardinals couldn't finish off the Rams? Or who did the, the Rams played? Who regardless? Whoever the Rams played didn't beat them. So the Bears didn't get the uh the first the first round bye. But the Bears were in a position to have a first round bye. So like as good as what Frank Reich did, Matt Nagy did it and then some, uh and and, and finishing with the division vic the division title and uh And let's be be realistic. Uh when you get Andrew Luck back, a lot of that doesn't fall on the coach's shoulder. Yeah, I agree, but I mean the 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 defense for Indianapolis, especially down the stretch, was a lot better. Um, you were finding new and creative ways um, to utilize the the tools and the and and you know the strengths that you had. So you know, I, I think there was a good bit of coaching there. I don't think it was quite the 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 Peyton Manning thing where he taps the offensive coordinator in the head and just says stand there and look pretty. Um, but you know, obviously Andrew Luck. Um, with the uh, the resurgence of him as well, so I think that tends to lean towards uh, giving it to Matt Nagy. Um, I, we don't have a lot of time, so we can't really touch on it this week. I I, I don't think the story is going to get any less um, interesting over the next se- before seven you days. Go, before you go there, Jim, real real quick question: Since we're on like a full year awards, mm-hmm. who should come back Player of the Year? Is it Andrew Luck or is it Adrian Peterson? Oh, wow. Um, Wow. Yeah, that I think I think I'd go luck just because of the the injury that he had missing an entire year and coming back and being as dominant like and that's not taking anything away from how good Adrian Peterson was, but similar to, you know, what Reich did was impressive, but Nagy's was just a little bit more. Uh what Adrian Peterson did and and uh, he was Unfortunately, on the Redskins, um, but I, I I look at Andrew Lux as, as just a, a little bit more impressive. Uh, what about you? Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these, kind of like you no, said. Yeah. Um, but I, I I would go with Luck as well. Um, although I think he has a really good offensive line that, uh, as you know from experience in Dallas a couple of years ago, can make even a terrible quarterback look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it 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 certainly helps. Uh, it certainly helps with a, with a good offensive line there. All right, but man, this Antonio Brown Steelers drama, like, oh my goodness, um, just and and the story has changed so many times in the last even twenty four thirty six hours. Um, so that's why, like, we don't have a lot of time to dig into it because I want to get through these games. Um, but wow, like. If if you're if you're the Steelers and and this will be the only question I really pose about it this week, if you're the Steelers, do you trade him? 
Like, I know, like, formally, I guess he hasn't formally requested a trade from the team, but all signs are pointing towards this marriage is over. Um, do you trade him if you're the Steelers? Do you try and find a, a team to take him off your hands? So if I'm the Steelers, you know what I do? What's that? I fire Mike, I fire Mike Tomlin. Well, that, that would certainly help. Like, um, to, to be honest, um, you fire Mike Tomlin, you probably get Bell back. You have, uh, you probably get Brown back. And the only one that's, uh, I don't want to say really unhappy, but unhappy is Big Ben. And he's at the tail end of his career. And you have a decent quarterback in uh, Mason Rudolph sitting there waiting. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that that's the, the path of Iowa Steelers management I would take. But the, the issue that has really festered this up is that this has been going on for a couple years. And Tomlin, as the head coach, has done nothing to squelch it. Like you have drama like this, you pull both the assholes in your lock into the coach's room and you you work it out and you move on. If it doesn't work on you get if it doesn't resolve itself, you get rid of one of them. You can't sit there and let this just keep build and build. Um so I mean this is all Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah and I, I agree. And and you know, if you see once you see the in, inmates running the asylum, for for lack of a, a better phrase, um, I, I think I think that's a sign of where the team's heading. So, um, yeah, I think that that would be the the number one. You know, the, the Steelers as an organization though are, are extremely loyal to head coaches. Um, so I I would not be shocked um, to see uh, Antonio Brown with a different team next year. And another reason I say that is. Um, th- there's a lot more, it sounds like to it than just, um, than just what, what's happened in the last couple of days, um, last week, uh, so to speak. Um, the Dan Patrick show, Ross Tucker was the, was hosting today and he had the, uh, the, the lead Steelers, um, reporter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on today. I think it was in their third hour. Um, it's like a 10 minute clip, uh, seek it out. I think they even have it up on their Facebook page, Dan Patrick show. Um, check that out because he, he goes into a lot of detail about, um, the last couple of months for Antonio Brown. And that situation seems a lot, a lot uglier than just what we know about this altercation last week at practice and, um, you know, leaving the game early on Sunday. Uh, so the, the hearing that interview today, um, it would it would actually shock me more if Brown was on the Steelers sideline uh, next season in in, in Steelers I, uniform. I, mean, I agree with you, and I mean I think that this is this is massive NFL news. I mean, think about how many teams would change drastically if they got Brown. Oh, I mean, think absolutely. what the Eagles would be with Brown. Think what the Panthers would be with Brown. Think what the Cowboys would be with Brown. Yeah, I mean, think about you know, I mean the 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 Colts Cleveland. are the think Colts Cleveland. The Colts are a team that have money. <laughs> you know, think about what they could do. Yeah, you know, everybody everybody wants to put Le'Veon Bell in Indianapolis, but I think I think the the running game that you have there is serviceable enough. I would rather go after an Antonio Brown if I'm Indianapolis and let and let Andrew Luck be Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, there's a lot of teams out there. San Francisco um, is, is one that that you know has kind of almost become the the leaders in the doghouse 
uh, or leaders in the clubhouse, so to speak. So it's 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 definitely an evolving situation and one, Dave, that we're going to uh, keep our eyes on. So let's go. Let's go to the games. Let's go to the games this weekend. Um, the two AFC games um, are both the early games of their days. So let's go to Saturday night uh, or Saturday afternoon, four thirty-five on ESPN. You have the wild card number two, the ten and six Colts at the AFC South champion Houston Texans, uh, who come in eleven and five and a one and a half point favorite at home. Uh, the over under on this one is forty seven and a half. Um, I, I'm taking Indy the the whole way. I the, the, as weird as this Texans team is, and, and I think we've talked about it. I know I've tweeted back and forth with Mitch about it throughout the throughout the season. Is I, I I don't feel like this Houston team's very good, but in the same time, I think they always feel a little scary. But right now, everything's firing for. Indianapolis and I just I just don't see their um their their magic running out this week uh so I like the Colts to win I'm gonna obviously you know take them outright and um I'm actually gonna take the over in this one I think you have two really high powered offenses um defenses both that that play well but I, I I just think especially in today's NFL offense greater than defense Hey, Jim, um, this is really one of the games I'm really torn on. Um, I like teasing Indianapolis a little bit here and catching um, over seven points. Um, but I, I feel like, the I, again, being a, a value-type guy, um, the Texans should be minus three to minus three and a half. Um, they're at home in a divisional game. They should be favored, period. Um, so the number at one, one and a half is a little short um, of where it should be. So I'm probably going to be forced into playing the Texans um, just from a sheer value perspective. Um, but I, I think that this is one of the the best games potentially of the weekend. Um, but I would, I, I, at the current numbers, I would lean Texans and over, or and Texans and under. All right. Uh, then let's go to Sunday afternoon at 105 on CBS. You have the wild card one. Los Angeles Chargers coming in at twelve and four, uh, traveling to Balmer, uh, the AFC North champion, ten and six. Baltimore Ravens, who are a two and a half point home favorite, the over under on this one forty one and a half. Um, Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, we know who you're picking. Um, I, I think I think the Ravens. I think the the three most dangerous teams. In the AFC, and if I had to rank them, they would be like 1A, 1B, 1C, and then the next closest team uh, would be New England at, at or uh, Kansas City at four, New England five, Houston six. Um, I I I think Baltimore is playing. I don't want to say better. I I, I just being at home. Being the one o'clock game, and you know, I, I I I go back to how these games a lot of times play out in the regular season. The West Coast team, and and I don't know if they've they've adjusted travel or anything like that. So if they have, then then this whole point is moot anyway. But that West Coast team that that comes east for the the one o'clock game tends to struggle a little bit. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna go. 
Baltimore to win the game outright, and and because of the 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 low number, the two and a half, I'm going to take them with the points as well. Um, I'm actually going to take the under though. Um, on the point, I think both both these defenses have have played really well, and I think both defenses are going to make plays and and kind of hold the offenses in check a bit. Um, but I, I this 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 is going to be one of the more fun games this weekend. I think. Jim, here's a stat for you. Rookie quarterbacks starting their first playoff game are one in four when playing a quarterback that has 10-plus years experience in the NFL. Yeah, but isn't this Rivers' like third there. playoff game or something? Because he usually chokes in there. I'm telling you. Hey, uh, I'm telling you they're going to win. Well, I guess we'll see. I'm telling you, I'm telling you they're going to win, and the over is going to hit because Vegas knows best. Why are the Ravens minus two and a half after they won by, what, 10 in San Diego two weeks ago, and they're at home now, and you make them two and a half? Vegas knows best. All right. There's going to be a gosh, there's going to be a gosh darn dang lightning strike in Baltimore Sunday morning. <laughs> Ka-boom. All right, let's go to uh, the NFC side. Saturday night at 8.15 uh, on Fox, the wild card one Seattle Seahawks. At ten and six, travel to my Dallas Cowboys, your NFC East champion, also at ten and six, uh, who are a the last I checked a one and a half uh, point home favorite. The over under on this one is forty three and a half. Um, I'm going to take my Cowboys, obviously, um, and here's the deal: I'm going to take the under, and and the reason I say that is because if the Cowboys are going to win this game, I think it has to be under. I think you're going to have to use the running game and and I and I and I saw like Ezekiel Elliott said that he's expecting like the the biggest workload he's ever seen in his three years in the NFL so um or I guess two and a half kind of abridged years in the NFL thanks Roger um the is because you're you're gonna have to control the clock I think you have to keep the hand you the ball out of both quarterbacks hands if the Cowboys are gonna win this game um you know don't let Dak Prescott Try and do too much, and don't let Russell Wilson do anything. Uh, are the keys to success? Let your defense do the job, and let your uh, offense control the clock. So I'm going to take Dallas um, to win, obviously with the po- the one point and the uh, and the under. Well, you got the under right, so congratulations <laughs> on finally getting something right here, Jim. It had to happen, um, but you're on the you're on the wrong team, and uh, just for the sheer fact that. Russell Wilson knows how much you love Seattle and he knows how much you, you want to see them knock out your Cowboys and how happy you would be. I mean, granted it would be way better if, if uh, Dick Sherman and, and company was still on the team, but uh, it, it, he, he knows that lime green is going to look better in Dallas than, than Cowboy blue. So Seahawks straight up and the under. All right. And then the final game of the weekend comes Sunday at four forty. On NBC, you have the wild card to Philadelphia Eagles, and I, I still can't freaking believe that we're back doing this silly shit again. Um, and the wild card to Philadelphia Eagles at nine and seven travel to the Windy City, the NFC North champion Chicago Bears, who are twelve and four and a five and a half point home favorite. The over under on this one is forty one. Um, Look, we we, uh, we dealt with this Philadelphia magic machine and all of that last year, and I, I, it's it's silly that they're even here, to be honest with you, but 
to me, the biggest one of the biggest differences um, between last year's Eagles and this year's Eagles is last year's they were home the whole way. This year, no matter what, even if it's wild card versus wild card in the NFC Championship, the Eagles will never play a home game in this postseason. And I think that is a dramatic hit to the Eagles' chances. Um, Also, the fact that they're playing this Bears team. So I'm taking the Chicago Bears. I'm taking the five and a half. I am taking the over. And dear God, just let freaking midnight strike for Cinderella and end this shit. Dave, you're on mute. Damn it, I just made fun of you and you didn't get to hear it. So we're gonna have to save that one for later. All right. But you uh I, I agree with the Bears pick. I don't like this Eagles team at all. I think they have major secondary issues. They have major um they haven't beaten anyone. Oh, congratulations, you beat Houston a couple of weeks ago. Well, that was a really, really good spot for the Eagles with Houston in between divisional games and, and looking ahead to uh, <laughs> To the Colts, the, the week seventeen that really and, matters, and then shutting out the uh, the Josh Johnson Redskins to close out the year. Woo! And I mean, <laughs> let's be realistic. My Panthers beat this Eagles team, so <laughs> yeah, go Bears. Yeah, um, you taking uh, the over under? We are taking the under, and I like this under at forty one. So um, there will be some uh, some cash monies on it. All right. Uh, so we know, um, what is it? The Jets. There's what nine, eight or nine teams that fired their coach: Jets, Bengals, Broncos, Cardinals, Dolphins. Obviously, the Packers are out there. The Browns are out there. Um, what job right now that's out there, Dave? To you, is the best NFL job? It's a it's a tough question because I think you have the opportunity to coach Aaron Rodgers. However, you have a, a Cleveland Browns team that is awful freaking young and has a ton of potential. Um, they might win the, NF- the AFC North next year um, just with what Baker has in his pure leadership. Um, so there's a couple of really good NFL gigs right now. Um, Arizona's even not that bad. They're a year or two away. Um so you've got a potential in a lot of gigs. Um, however, do you think Jerry Jones finally lets uh, Garrett go if they uh, they get blown out by Seattle? Uh, no, because they won the division. I, I, I think I think once you rattled off, um, you know, seven out of your last eight and won the division. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think. Well, I mean, I, I guess theoretically, if it was a blowout like happened on that field last Saturday. Um, anything's possible, but, um, I, I think Garrett's there at least, at least another year. Um, so it, it would, it, it would make me happy if he's not, but I, I, I think he's, he's probably locked up his job for at least one more year. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hammering the Browns as the best job that's out there right now. I think they'd be nuts if they don't hire Greg Williams. The, the the early like returns on interviews and things that I'm reading is that it doesn't seem like he's going to be named the the head coach, which is just mind blowing to me. But and maybe it's it's something that he 
he wants to kind of go back and just be the defensive coordinator and and let somebody else run the team. But I, to me, if he wants it, it should be his job. I mean that what what the what they did after firing Hugh Jackson it was was probably one of the best turnarounds that we've seen in a long time. Um, and Dave, real quick, um, I know the, of course the the Winter Classic was yesterday. Um, there was differing opinions uh, that I've seen from people uh, about the popularity or, or, or um, the kind of beating the dead horse, so to speak, from some people. I love outdoor hockey. I'll watch, I'll watch every game that, that, that's outdoors. Um, a couple of uh, fan responses here um, from, uh, from Vinny. He said a, a, a lot of Bruins players felt it was uh, enjoyable if the players – uh, are cool that keep it going. Katie said um, that that she thought this was one of the better uh, winter classics, and and the venue played into that as well. Um, the the overnight ratings on it uh, was the was the highest that it's been in in four years. So um, again, I, I love outdoor hockey. Uh, if if people don't like it, it's it's what th- three games out of the year, two anywhere between two and four hockey games in an entire season um just just don't watch them uh, don't go to them I guess but uh I love it I I love the the elements the the look of it the feel of it uh you know we've been to a couple of them it's awesome give me outdoor hockey all the time yeah from what I remember those were pretty fun being at in person um but uh <laughs> we'll 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 say that the the outdoor games are, are pretty sweet um but I I I love the the games outdoors and I'm like you, I like watching them. Um, but come on NHL, you got to think of a better time than new year's day going against some of these college football bowls. Um, I understand you're trying to make a tradition with the winter classic, but why not, uh, why not do it? And I'm just picking a random date. Why not do it on MLK weekend or something when you have full viewership and ownership, uh, do it Monday of doing it on MLK day or something. I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, generally, generally you don't, you don't have any of the bigger ones. Um, at net at noon or one o'clock, like that we're on yesterday. I mean, the the Winter Classic was done before the Rose Bowl kicked off, so I think maybe that's kind of their their logic to it. Is is you're you're getting it before the big uh, New Year's Day games? But I, I think what was it last year? Or the year before, they moved it to the second because you actually had the uh, this. I think the the playoff games or something were on. We're on yeah, the they just they just got to be smarter about scheduling. I mean, sure. All, uh, LSU played early, so you lost every fan, every LSU fan, and that's not a small fan base. Uh, you know, Penn State fans were watching the Penn State game. You you right there. I mean, we were over at my uh, my in laws, and there was no chance that I had a chance to watch the the hockey game because Penn State was on. So, not that it's a bad thing, and I get it being a fan base, but um, you're coming to the end of the football season here. Get a little smarter with scheduling here. Uh, here in NHL that's about my I mean I, I'm with you if I'm not doing anything I'll watch it 100% but um you, you gotta if you want to make this successful and grow you gotta put it at a better time of the year fair enough uh, I also think you gotta spread the wealth a little bit I mean this is the the Blackhawks sixth or seventh outdoor game appearance like in fourth or fifth winter classic like you know they, they announced the Cotton Bowl in Dallas is going to host next year and 
Um, so hopefully you'll get a, a, a different opponent there. Uh, Colorado hosting a, a stadium series game next year. So you have a potential for, for some different matchups, which will be nice. Um, but like, you I know, think you're getting lost. I think you're getting Las Vegas, Dallas in the Cotton Bowl. My, my two cents and guess. Be fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. But like, you know, I, teams that I don't need to see play outdoors for like a couple of years are uh, Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Um, those are the big ones that jump off the page that have been in the most. We got a Pittsburgh one here in February with the uh, with the Flyers. But um, Dave, I think that's yeah. But but Jim, you gotta you gotta you gotta play to the fan bases though too. I mean, are you gonna get better fans doing an outdoor game with Pittsburgh and Detroit viewers and everything? Or are you gonna get it with? Uh, Florida versus Carolina Hurricanes, and, and I'm just throwing two teams out there, but yeah, well, if you're going to spend millions of dollars to put a rink together, you, you have wait, to get yeah, some but, type of return okay, to business. You're you're intentionally picking out two of the worst fan bases there. Like, I, I, you know, I, I think that you could you could get a, you know, you I mean, St. Louis had one the other year. Uh, you could have gotten away with not doing that versus Chicago, regardless of it that being, you know, a, a traditional rivalry. Um, like, and I mean the, the, the Dallas thing, the Dallas one really jumped off the page at me because that's a team that, you know, hasn't been, hasn't played outdoors yet. Um, and if it would be against the Vegas, that would knock, that would knock two teams off that, that have never played in an outdoor game. So like, I get that if you're getting two to three of these games a year, um, that you're you're gonna get repeaters and you're gonna get teams that are in more and and your bigger market teams are going to be in them. But again, this was Chicago's fifth Winter Classic. I mean, they they've been in just about half of them. Plus, they've had Stadium Series games. So like, it's not that they're not gonna get repeated, but I think they're being over repeated. Same with Pittsburgh. This will be Pittsburgh's sixth. Um outdoor game appearance so the, i think that that's my only point it, the, you're, again you, you're arguing i get that it's it's a money draw as well but um i i think scheduling like you said and i just think spreading the wealth could could um go a little bit for for grabbing the more casual audience to the uh to the hockey world um but dave that that's all i got for this week um it was great hearing from mitch uh but uh where can uh where can people follow you and we're gonna wrap this thing up yeah happy new year's to everyone uh we're, we're at uh huddle up dave on twitter uh, posting occasionally or tweeting occasionally i guess is a good term and uh agitating jim every chance i get but uh happy to hear the followers and uh look forward to spending this uh new year watching the uh the cowboys go down this weekend yeah, I would say, now well, I'm not even going to take the shot at the Panthers. I'm going to be above that today. Dave, we'll talk to you next week, bud. <laughs> it is the new year if you're not taking the shot, baby. <laughs> All right, see you, bud. So that's going to do it. That's going to do it for us this week. We appreciate you listening, following along with us, uh, and all of that. If you haven't liked the Facebook page, make sure you do it, uh, at Huddle Up Podcast. If you haven't followed us on Twitter and you have a Twitter, make sure you do that, at Huddle Up Podcast. I am at Big Jim Sports. Our home network is NGSC Sports. Make sure you're following them. And the sponsor of this show, Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out their Facebook page where you'll find home decor you will not be able to uh, resist at prices anybody can afford. There you will find pillows and stools featuring your favorite sports teams and sets with your kids' favorite cartoon or movie characters. 
You can also get full body pillows and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Until next week, and when we talk to you again, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.